from grain to glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. We are live. Yeah, we we are. We are. And I I appreciate you trying to interrupt me in the middle of the... I forgot you said that. <laughs> so Brian and I are out of practice and fighting right now, so this God, is going to be great. quasi-fighting. <laughs> How long has it been? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's been too long, and I feel real bad about it. Uh, oh, I, I mean, oh, we've been off for two weeks, I think. Yeah. So... I don't know, it's just, uh, you know you know how the the beginning of the new year goes and you want to uh, start off on the wrong foot, so we do that. Non-holiday holiday break. Non-holiday holiday break. All right, uh, well, before we get too deep here, I should probably uh, get, the, uh, get the ads out of the way, huh? So the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Turn that up just a touch. All right. And I'd like to give a shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons. That's right, patrons Andy Thompson and Devin Stinson. Uh, if you'd like to be as awesome as those two, head on over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. And uh, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, and you know you are because... Amazon owns our lives now. Uh, you head on over to blindnewstudios.com, click on the Amazon link above our homepage. Do your Amazon shopping as normal, and we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. really helps us out. All righty. Brian, man, what have you been up to beer-related lately? Oh. I know uh, it's been a couple of three, six things there, bud. Yeah, re- wrestling with the canning line. We've had some some issues. Well, but yeah, Justin keeps mentioning that. Well, it's we had an employee that left and we sort of realized that some things that some things were kind of a little bit on the messy side um uh it's tough because we're going through also going through an expansion um and so you know i mean it's it's always tough to pay attention to what's going on when you're paying attention to something to, to all the other things I mean, there hasn't there hasn't been any like depletion in the quality of the beer it's just that the canning line's been acting up and we have been tweaking it and well canning lines are pretty much just petulant children all the time aren't they yeah they're sensor based and then um yeah there was there were a few things that that uh were were a little bit uh surprising that we we didn't know were going on and um so yeah i don't know deal with it and move on uh well you know when you find a uh sacrifice to the dark lord behind your canning line you have to deal with it that's true. <laughs> so yeah, not not a whole lot. Um, I I got a chance to try uh, some, uh, you know, a few a few people uh, brought some really nice beers by uh, our our brewery turned two years old in in December, which I may have probably talked about, uh, but we didn't actually have the party until until two weeks ago, I believe, uh, right. I think it was, it was only a week ago. Was it only a week? Oh yeah. man, it's only a week ago. I got we, yeah. yeah that, was then, a, that was a night. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. I think you uh, you had a text message that wasn't so. Yeah, good I, and, I got, I got, yeah, and then I, yeah, no, I had a rough day. Yeah, and then a great night, but good. mostly a rough day. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, mostly just 
maintaining, expanding the brewery a little bit and expanding our distribution territory. So kind of figuring out how to uh, get that uh, going. And Nice. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? What about me, beer-related lately? Um, I guess the, the biggest thing lately was uh, Central Waters Brewing. I uh, went out there again for the annual uh, anniversary party. Uh, love, love that party. It's uh, one of the best-run beer uh, events I think I've ever been to. Um, they had, this year it was 2,800 tickets. So 2,800 people in their brewery. And I think I the longest line I waited in for beer was a minute? Maybe two? Are you kidding me? They had that many people pouring? Or? Yeah, yeah, they had over 100 volunteers, three beer wagons, and almost 3,000 people. That's crazy like I, I feel like again this is the third year that I mean I haven't been around for three years it's been like yeah to yeah. change but like I just think the timing of the year I've will you just flip the yeah. flip the thing on the furnace there thank you I should have probably done that no no no, no I, I should have shut it off upstairs. <laughs> the thing is off of it right now so I didn't want to it, it looks daunting I didn't want to touch, <laughs> touch the wires Oh, that should be on. I don't know why that's off, but okay. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> Arse flow. <laughs> that's what I. Read. You you were saying. What was I saying? Something about Central Waters, third year. Oh yeah, of you of me being around and you talking about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just I'm feeling yeah. Like, We've been hanging around for. We get. We got to get you there one of these years. <laughs> yeah, I've been threatening to go there for a couple of years. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah. So this year uh, we went. Uh, Twenty two was amazing. Um, we'll have like if you want to hear reactions to it, listen to this past uh, episode of DOO. But it was it was very good this year. Um, I, it's always good. Like, and it's just it's so well run. The beer is fantastic. The people there are delightful. Um, I think I've only had one year where we actually had like issues with somebody being like fighty drunk. Oh, the, yeah, wasn't it like a table stealing and then some bottles disappeared sort of a situation? No, it was a well, so there was so one year at the thing, like there was a guy in line who was like he was just trying to pick fights with people. Oh, great, waiting for bottles and like. So Rick, uh, we had forgotten our tickets at our table, and so I sent Rick to go get them, and he came back, and he was like, "You guys can't cut." I'm like, "Well, no, he we we were already here, but he had the tickets, so um, he went and got them, and now he's back here. He's fine." That's and what it was. He started yelling at the guy behind us, like right in line of fire. Oh, he cut, and that guy totally cut. But we immediately jumped to that guy's like defense, and like, <laughs> "No, you're an idiot!" Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun. And they they do uh, shuttles for everybody to the hotels and stuff. So. I was surprised that our f- well, that's awesome. Yep, no, that's way. huge. But yeah, I was surprised that's our huge. friend Jim didn't uh, uh, go there this year. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, not not much uh, lately. So uh, should we dive into our discussion on yeast propagation? Yeah, man, we've been doing yeast for for what seems like years. Yeah. And we've been doing yeast for probably like four or five months now. So it's incredibly important. It is. It is super important. And we're actually like, I was doing notes today and I was looking, I'm like, we're getting towards the end of our yeast stuff. Um, 
And I don't, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. We're going to have to figure out other things to talk about besides yeasty beasties. <clears throat> yeah. You're, <clears throat> you're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Talk about yeast again? <laughs> Just go back to the Let's top. Let's start over. <laughs> do a All better right. job. So yeast propagation, um, like... Uh, is is super important. So basically what this is is taking yeast or making more yeast from yeast is what is all this means. So with proper atten- attention to sanitary practices and yeast health, almost anyone can grow yeast from small sizes to pitchable volumes. And by small sizes, we're talking like really small sizes, like yeah. slants. Yeah, like you could have a few cells and grow it into yeah. like a 15-barrel pitch if – you know, if you're if you're good at it, um, I, I will say it's it's not as easy as it sounds. But I don't want that comment to discourage anyone from giving it a shot. It's yeah, it's not as easy, but it's not as hard. I don't know. I look at this and it sounds harder than it is. I yeah, and it it's when I look at it, it does it it does too. From a from a home brewing standpoint, I think there was a I, I think it was probably could be i'd have to take a look and see when this book even came out um uh but uh i want to say 2010 i had been homebrewing for about five years and when this book came out it everything finally clicked for me like i i knew you had to put yeast in and all of that jazz but if you think about the homebrewing process like how how like uh, I want to, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't want to discourage anybody from like homebrewing or anything, but like how nerve wracking the, like, like doing the mash, you know, tran- transferring it and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, um, it, it, the whole process, it can seem a little nerve wracking, but it's, yeah. But as you do it more, it, it gets less so. Mm-hmm. But then I think the, the big thing that finally clicked where it was like, okay, well, with my homebrew kit, they gave me a one vial. And of you know, it used to come in those tubes, those little vials. The yeast tubes. Um, no, the um, white labs. Or the, yeah, white labs. Sorry. Yeah, white labs comes in this really cool packaging now. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, the vials were cool. Yeah, they were super uh, useful. Uh, it's just like a lot of single-use waste plastic, though. Well, you know, no, you don't get me wrong. It's like it, they're what they're doing now is much better. But right. there's still like certain things with those vials were super nice. I sorry, I didn't mean to. Derail. No, it's okay. Yeah, I'm totally rambling anyway. I'm just saying like it. It, it seemed you know it seemed very um, daunting at first, and then once you suddenly understand, oh shit, like I need to be pitching two packages per five gallon. Yeah. Um, which we'll kind of get to how it works on a on a commercial scale in a second, but. Um, the, the the point I'm getting at here is that just remember that you're brewing on such a small scale. Just just give it a shot. Yep. You know, try it. <clears throat> the worst the worst that happens is you uh, you contaminate your yeast and you have to start over. And you can tell your friends it's a sour. Just kidding. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to you, commercial breweries doing that shit. Oh my god, commercial <laughs> breweries do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> so you were saying with proper oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, attention. So any, anybody yep. can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when we're doing this, uh, like sanitation and oxygen needs are much higher than when brewing, when you're propagating, because you're going to need more O2. Um, we actually, uh, I've been talking back and forth a little bit with uh, Bjorn about some of this. So we're going to we're gonna talk about that because yeah. he had that question about constant oxygenation. 
and yeah, he, and he I sent think, me another podcast mm-hmm. that we that I listened to, and I still think there's a diminishing returns on it. But we'll I do too. I think we should revisit that again at the end of this discussion and see where we fall. I think we read it when we wanted to pop some listener mail in and didn't we wanted to read it but we didn't i don't think we gave we, it we didn't have an actual full answer answer and so, so like i at, uh at, at the bottom of this i want to talk a little bit about that but um uh so this is not just about growing yeast mass growing yeast mass is super easy like you can just keep growing yeast it but you need the healthiest yeast possible yeah. you can you can grow lots of sickly yeast uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, proofs in the pudding. If it, if you're if you were to pitch two smack packs into ten barrels, yeah, you're gonna grow. You're gonna grow yeast here, but you're gonna grow yeast that is it's is overwhelmed, it's angry, stressed out, overwhelmed, it's... stressed, and it's gonna kick out uh, terrible flavors. Yeah, um, yeah. So smaller amounts of healthy yeast will make better beer than large amounts of unhealthy yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you're working in a sanitary fashion, propagation is a very straightforward process. Right. And the key word here is sanitary because w- when we're talking about like there's cleaning, sanitizing and sterilizing. Yep. Uh, sanitary will work very well in this situation. I would say sterilization. Uh, if you're getting crazy and have like a lab, then we can start talking about yep. that. But I don't think we're quite um, at that yet. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be talking about two different types of propagation here, and they they kind of fall or one it really informs the other. So we're gonna start with commercial propagation, which Brian should have, I would hope, a little bit more knowledge than me. Uh, uh, yeah, I do. I just, <laughs> I mean, I my my worry is getting too too deep into it. Well, uh, yeah, but. I, I feel like the deeper we can get into this is is going to help inform when we when we scale back to do the homebrew side why we're doing the things that we're doing. Right. So um, yeah, so commercial propagation. Uh, we're going to talk about like two stages here. We're going to talk about lab prop and then brewery propagation because mm-hmm. those are kind of different things. Um, do you guys do any lab prop or not really? We have done some okay. uh, once in a while. We will, but we use. We only carry two different strains in the brewery, and so it's we we don't really have the the need to prop. Okay. Uh, there is we do like, um, we do steps. Uh, it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of hard to explain. I don't know if you would necessarily consider it one step tenfold, but you'd you know we'll we'll pitch. Uh, a like a lower amount of yeast in 15 barrels on Monday and then on Tuesday uh, we'll throw another 15 barrels of wort in there on like a thousand grams of dry versus like 1500 on 30 barrels so we'll let it the first set grow the colony so that's another thing you can do if you if you're brewing uh, 10 gallon batches brew five gallons on Monday and pitch you know, uh, I'd say three quarters of what you need, and then on Tuesday throw the rest in, and it will have grown enough to um, to do the full to do the full fermentation. Um, and frankly, sometimes you're going to have better and more like, like quicker results on that. Um, so if you say like um, a propagation example of <clears throat> one step. To tenfold it, you're a twenty barrel brewery. Let's that's a better, more round number. If they want to propagate yeast for a ten sixty gravity beer, which is pretty standard, uh, the 
breweries, you know, you'd order two liters of yeast and include two barrels of well oxygenated wort at, you know, your 68 or 70 degrees. Uh, the propaga- propagation is allowed to ferment for about 48 hours or, or until 50 to 75% of, of it is a great, you know, the, the gravity drops. Uh, following that, 18 barrels of wort could be run on top of it. Okay. So it, you know, kind of depends. The initial cell count in this example would be around 10 to 12 million cells per mil. Um, if the yeast is going to ferment for 48 hours, the cell count would increase um, enough to supply 5 to 6 million per mil um, when it increases to 20 barrels. So if that if that makes any sense... I've, I've followed most of it, I think. ...to you, then, you know, you you it's that particular example is called one step tenfold and it's just easier to understand when you're working with 20 barrels versus 15 mm-hmm. and to make it even more confusing at our brewery at hop and barrel uh we brew to 18 barrels so <laughs> so there's you that. Do. one step tenfold and then back it up oh no there's too many yeah yeah, yeah. back <laughs> it up just a little bit um but yeah as we use two different types of dry yeast um and then do cone to cone and very, very infrequently, uh, we'll pull yeast into a brink. And at that point, we will uh, pitch by weight. Uh, we will take a cell count, but um, one of the things we're working on right now is figuring out a better way to mix the brink samples. Um, it's easier to think about the cone where you've got a portion of the cone on top is going to be not very useful. The portion in the middle is very useful, and the portion in the bottom of the cone, if you're thinking about in thirds, yep. the yeah, top well, uh, and the bottom are worth a damn, and yep. in the middle is where you want. So, Yep, I think in two weeks we're going to dive into that pretty deep. Yep, so, okay, cool. Well, well I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to stop you. I'm just yeah, I'm yeah. letting people know if they want more information. I just figured I have looked at the notes for this yep. episode. <laughs> So I think what we're getting into right now on a lab prop are like the keys so to success. I, I would like to say prop. is I loved the shade this book threw at breweries that didn't have a lab. Oh yeah, you, it was it was super entertaining. I, I don't. I mean, in our area, I'm. I think you guys are the only. I think we're the only one. Only one. Um, yeah, no, but it was like even a simple lab where you can do cell counts and stuff like that. We have a lab and we have three. Um, like university trained lab technicians, and two of them are brewers, and one of them's actually just the taproom manager, and she's. Oh really? Yeah, she's been trained at uni- the uh, University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. Oh wow! All three of them have gone through the class, and then Justin and I have also gone through the class. So there's five of us that. That's awesome. Know some shit. I mean, it's it's like, and it's I, I'm I'm surprised at the breweries that don't like. The more I learn, that's the most I'm important. Like, it's the most important thing. Yeah, it's I don't the people get caught up in so much other stuff, but you know, then again, when you're operating a brewery, it's like running three businesses: you mm-hmm. know, sales and distribution, tap room, and then production. It's really tough. Yeah. So anyway, moving on. Um, yeah. So, um, so like, we could talk about how to set up a lab, basically. What you need to do is uh, have a place that you can clean fucking everything down. Clean and sterilize. Um, no, like, cross winds or anything. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if we should really go into, like, it's not really applicable for us, right? I think uh, in a in a three, no. three or four episodes when we get Katie in here, we could probably. That, yeah, that would yeah, be better we'll to have talk about labs. Katie, the lab technician, will. Yeah. She's kind I'm, of I'm excited. Director. We're going to have a series of episodes with her. That'll mm-hmm. be fun. All right. So, uh, base, all right. So. Let's talk about just the the yeast bit then. So if you're to propagate yeast from like a slant, um, I guess, Brian, do you want to tell people what a slant of yeast is or? It's a tube that slanted. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, yeah, so basically just like um, a few cells. A a few cells? Well, not, not a few, but like a slant of yeast is it's. Like a yeast sample, I guess. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of like the best analogy for, like, so if we start with a slant, which is like a petri dish with growth medium. Yeah, and if you're talking about like a slant tube, the reason why it's slanted is because then there's more surface area than mm-hmm. the like just the little circle. Um. So I mean, so we're starting with something like that where mm-hmm. it's it's not something that you could just pitch. No. Like it's it's a starter. No, you uh, have to streak the plate. You know, there's a certain method to streaking it. Um, the technique that, you know, it, it's it's aseptic technique. You have a sterile growth media. Um, you, you the, Another piece here. This is some pretty complex. Well, shit, so, yeah, so like, we're, we're skipping. Uh, we're skipping all the lab shit. Lab uh, prop. So so move down to like going four. down to four. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the steps to propagate oh, from see. there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you you see that. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is another tenfold thing. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Okay. We're basically yep. doing the tenfold, but Got on it. a much smaller scale. Right. So your slope slant, um, etc. That's that's where you could you can take a little hook and pull like a couple cells, and then you would grow those little couple cells in ten milliliters of eight Plato wort. Or what's eight times four, right? Eight times four is 32. Right. Uh, so then you're talking about... 1030? 1032 to 1040 wort. And, and I, I, I... It says eight Plato wort here. I'd probably work more towards like 1040 wort, which is what I... Which would be like 12 to 16. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and then like, they've got that. Down yeah. So, yeah. So the, here. yeah. So what this is saying is like, so if, I, if they're on here, if they're saying, and I guess I agree with it, if it's more like eight, then that's fine. You don't want to f- overfeed it. So yeah. you're at, if you're at 10 milliliters of, of wort per eight Play-Doh of food, that's fine. Then you, once it grows, then you want to feed it a hundred milliliters of wort at eight Play-Doh. Then once that grows, you're going to feed... You've got a thousand milliliters of wort that you're gonna feed it at more like 10, 12 to sixteen, and when we're talking about Plato versus you know the, the standard gravity, you just like take that time times four. four, so eight, twelve, sixteen times four, um, and then from a thousand milliliters, we're gonna grow from ten liters of wort. Um, it it sounds complicated at first, but if you sit down and do the math, it'll make sense. Yep, um, and like this is just so once a day. Um, like, so for the first, up until you get to about a liter, it's like once a day, you just take this and you, like you, you add 10 more times liquid Mm -hmm. just so you're, you're giving it enough food to go with. And what we should talk, what we should mention quickly, um, is this is, uh, sterilized wort. 
This is a sterilized medium at this point. Yeah. Because it's not strong enough to beat out any other colony. Right. And you're talking about the, it's a lab process of plus or minus five days. I mean, that's somewhat negligible to take your measurements. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So then, so then once we have that 10 liters that's, you know, been going, then we can move it over to the brewery side. Yep. 10 and- liters of wort. And ten liters of work, like I mean, ten ten liters of like uh, I guess build up, like that's a that's a that's a sizable amount of liquid. Well, nineteen liters is five gallons. Yeah. So, it's but two in chain, two and a mm-hmm. half ish. And so yeah, at at the uh, at the homebrew level, if you're building up, you get to stop at the uh, at the liter. Yep, one liter. One liter, and you're probably okay. Um, yeah, so then you go over to the brewery, uh, the brewery side, uh, there you don't need sterilized wort, just boiled. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just needs to be sanitized. It doesn't need to be sterilized. Yep. Um, and then, cause it's at a size where it can, uh, out compete other organisms. And now here, here's kind of where I, I want to talk to you a little bit. So, um, to prop in the brewery, I was reading about this, uh, like, um, the Christian, uh, Hansen pure culture method yep uh where they use like the carlsberg flask and all that in 18 or which was developed in 1883 and basically it's a it's an apparatus i guess would be the right word for it the carlsberg <laughs> like <laughs> right <laughs> an apparatus sure <laughs> um but basically uh uses uh a bunch of wort it heats it in there and then like it, they can inoculate it and add o2 to it um, so there's that, which is like the batch fermentation process, mm-hmm. or there's the fed batch fermentation process, which conti- which adds more wort in as it goes. Which one do you use at the brewery? Uh, I'm guessing the batch. Batch. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we really need to go into that more. No. No, Okay. <laughs> no, like <clears throat> as we move into the next section, like the homebrew propagation. This is section, gonna be a lot more interesting, I think. Yeah, way more interesting. I just I'm I'm hesitant to kind of do the. It, this is the everything we talked about above is ask ten get ten answers. Okay, just is what it is. What it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now we're gonna talk about something that I can talk about because I uh, <laughs> I, I have experience in it. Right. Homebrew propagation. It's fucking easier than brewery propagation. Super easy. <laughs> um, so basically, essentially, all we're doing is everything at lab scale. Um, the biggest hurdle here is your sanitation requirements, and that's not a big hurdle. If you can't get that down, um, you need to stop worrying about yeast and just start worrying about your brewery system as a whole. Right? Right, yeah. I mean, it, it's so it's easier than, you know, not much yeast is even needed and that's earlier when i was talking about uh when you learn to um pitch the correct amount of yeast um you get one smack pack you know and you put it into the you know you put it into your your flask and feed it 1040 wort and then spin it on the um stir plate stir plate uh and it should prop it up to as much as you're going to need for, you know, five gallons. Yep. So the, like, and then, you know, as it says, the biggest hurdle here is the sanitation requirements, which I don't think are that big of a hurdle at all. No. 
um, things you know things you're gonna need are some 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 tin foil and some sanitized water. Pretty much, that's yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Your bucket of star sand and some tin foil, you're good yeah. to go. Um, and you don't even need a stir plate. You can like, but we're gonna talk about that next episode. Sorry, yep. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Um, yeah. So most brewers, most homebrewers won't even go through the whole propagation process, um, but grow up like a homebrew-sized culture, like Brian was saying, uh, by just pitching a vial or. Uh, I guess it's not a vial anymore, but I'm still going to call it a vial <laughs> or um, a smack pack into war. Man, that is that is a really hard like I don't, verbiage get, to get away from. Yeah, give it give us some feedback on that if you would. I don't. I mean, what do I people, guess it's a packet package. I guess I, package? They, I think they say packages in the the yeast book, but. That's no, they use vials and smack packs. Do they really? Yeah. Oh, funny. Because this well, was this written was in 2010, but it was also, that's what we had. Yeah, it was and also. And it was Samil Janicef and uh, Palmer. No, right? it was no. Chris White Chris from White, White Labs. Yeah, from White Labs. So it was a vial then. Yep, then. so it was a vial. Uh, yeah, so, all right. Um, so a starter, just like, if you don't know, is a small volume of wort that yeast uses as an initial step to multiply and prepare themselves to prevent a batch of beer. Um, but there are reasons you shouldn't use a starter. Yeah, we just talked about this. You you bought one package, you threw it on a starter plate, which if you can do that, that's awesome. I would highly recommend it because what did we say in the first place? Uh, the proper amount that's very healthy. Yep. And you can't always count on, uh, unfortunately, and this is a hard thing to say, but if you do buy, you know, two smack packs at the homebrew shop you're pretty sure that you know that that the two are going to do the job um i'd take one in a on a on a on a starter on versus a starter two versus straight in. two straight in but you shouldn't use a starter if you already have enough yeast yep or um, if you're using dry yeast or if you're using dry yeast yeah and on, honestly um we use dry yeast at the brewery tons of places use dry yeast um it's a heck of a lot cheaper it you know and and you can reuse it uh just the same uh using a starter for dry yeast just kind of depletes the cell reserves that uh manufacturers try to build into that the whole affair as it is so you so an 11 gram sachet should be more than so if you're if you're not using a starter is there anything that you need to do with the dry yeast in no. order to no prep do it? not no, be, um, there might be some older books out there that tell you to proof it lo- with like table sugar or something. I think I remember. What about rehydrating? Rehydrating that that I would absolutely do. Yeah. OK, mm-hmm. good, because that's what we're going to talk about next. Oh, and if, you, if you said no, then we were going to be like, oh, no, well, our later. Bible just said to do it. And <laughs> No, it, it should be said that anything that you're any dry, anything that you're throwing into brewing, period, uh, rehydrate. OK, um, you know, yeast, nutrient, flour for making hazy beers, stuff like that. Rehydrate. If you rehydrate flour, isn't that just making dough? Um, not if it's not if it's at like a temperature that's correct and it's a bigger volume than okay then yeah if you had a smaller volume and you added water to it yeah it would turn into dough okay just use way more okay <laughs> I still don't like the idea of throwing flour into my beer but that's... I I don't either I'm with you but that's <laughs> what the kids want these days so darn kids 
Yeah, so working with dry yeast rehydration isn't technically necessary, but you sh- I you should absolutely do that. Um yeah, I like I read uh 50% of your viability goes away if you don't rehydrate. Yeah, it will kill half that colony. So besides um having only half the cells, the dead cells immediately begin to break down. And they'll affect the flavor. This isn't a point where we start talking about, oh, the dead cells are food. Like, that's just just not true. Um, So uh, I don't have the basic rehydration process in front of me. I got that. So basically, to rehydrate, um, uh, warm the dry yeast to room temperature. So basically set it out. Um, In a sanitized container, prepare an amount of sterile tap water. That's that's kind of important. The sterile. Sterility. Yeah. Like you can't just pour it out of your faucet. Boil it. Yep. <laughs> um, and you need it to be about 105 degrees Fahrenheit or 41 C. Um, and then you want equal, uh, you want the water to be equal to 10 times the weight of the yeast. Yep. That's the same thing I said with the flour. Just use yep. a, a ton of wort to yep. mix that in and then put it into the rest. Uh, sprinkle the dry yeast on top of the water, uh, trying to avoid setting up large dry clumps. Uh, let Sit for 15 minutes and then gently stir it uh, with a sanitized utensil, not your finger, not a spoon from the drawer, something that's sanitized. (laughs) You know, you would think I wouldn't have to say that, but I've brewed with Rick. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. Well, he, you know, Rick, when he started, had never brewed anything before. So. Um, and then uh, once the yeast is reconstituted, uh, gently stir once again to form a cream uh, and let's sit for another five minutes. And then carefully and slowly drop the temp to within 15 degrees of the wort temperature and then you can uh, pitch it into the vessel. Yep, 15 degrees Fahrenheit or uh, eight, degrees eight degrees Celsius is a good rule of thumb. Uh, and it's funny that I say rule of thumb because some people think that like pitching temperature is when it... Is like when it doesn't burn your thumb, right? So, um, um, do you guys use any like go firm or anything like that in your dry yeast? I don't know what that is. I, I unless so, there's another name for that. Uh, I, 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 it's uh from Lalaman, and I've I've never heard of it until I read it in here. Mm-hmm. Go firm or go firm protect. Apparently, it helps uh, result in a healthier. Uh, no, okay. I'm assuming that's just a yeast nutrient. Yeah, that's what I was figuring yeah. too. But yeah, so if that is the answer to the question, then yeah, we definitely. You, you, okay, so you use yeast nutrient with your rehydrated yeast? Uh, or just. I mean, we always put yeast nutrient into the kettle. Into the kettle, okay. I would say that um, if you're if you're brewing, you know, when we brew a 30 barrel batch, I would only add yeast nutrient to the first turn. The first 15 barrels and the second 15 barrels, you'd skip it. Okay. Yeah, because a little goes a long way with yeast. Yeah, and I feel like there's, like, yeast are a single-celled eukaryotic organism. They need vitamins and minerals just like, you know, we do as humans. And so that being said, uh, there's enough free amino nitrate fan, right? It's nitrate. And uh, there's enough of it in the um, malt that you use, so I'd say using yeast nutrient twice is kind of overkill. So yes, so. all right, that is essentially uh, propagation. I think we hit pretty much everything. Uh, next week we're going to dive into 
uh, building a starter because that's its own own can of worms that we didn't have enough time to cover here. Yeah. Uh, if if you have more interest in how commercial propagation goes, I know I kind of yeah. I mean, if you honestly, if you do, let us know just and we send can a do, message, uh, or we could do another one. I, right? I mean, honestly, we could we could do a series on the difference of commercial versus yeah. homebrew and stuff like that, which honestly might be interesting. I don't want to lead you in the in the wrong direction by telling you commercial things that don't apply to homebrew. So. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, so circling back, uh, we'll we'll answer. Uh, so I have a listener mail here. I think we'll move that to next week. Yeah. Because uh, I want to circle back to Bjorn's uh, question from before and see if we have a better answer for it now. Because <laughs> I I, I think I honestly think we do. Um, and maybe maybe it follows more into the starter, but it's about the the constant flow of oxygen into um, into a starter. Of pure oxygen, right? Um, and he wants to know, like, if it would, like, if it would help hinder. I don't think it would hinder. If he's is he talking about sticking an oxygen wand into a yep. stir plate? I, I I feel like that's what it is. Uh, but as as long as it's at a low enough trickle, because you want a controlled amount. Um, I feel like a stir plate is going to give you enough. So does he low. want it to grow more quickly or? just wants more um, more colony let me or? let me pull the question up again sorry uh, i did not plan ahead on this one so talk about something interesting while i'm looking this up <laughs> i guess i've got to google what go firm or go firm protect is because it helps with rehydrating yeast um all right. Um, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Cryo hops, pH. Bjorn asks us, asks us lots of questions. Okay, yeast prop question. It's fine. All right, when brewing, I like to add entire, if I don't decant, um, instead of adding, yep, that's fine. Okay, if I add a carbonation stone and run continuous oxygen through my starter on my stir plate, um, I would also add anti-foam. Would this be enough to increase my growth rate from uh, fourfold to eight to twelve, thus making it possible to cut the starter size in half or even a third? Okay, so this one I can answer definitively now because I don't think it will increase your growth rate. What's going to happen? Because you're still, um, you're, there's still a volume question. And actually, this is more of a next week thing, but we're going to answer it now. Um, your yeah, so. You you're gonna hit a cap with your volume. Yeah. Uh, your there's only so many nutrients in there. The oxygen isn't gonna help enough. Um, because there's there's enough there's like especially if you're using a stir tra- stir plate there's enough gas transfer there where you're not you're not worried about oxygen. Your biggest issue is things in the wort for it to eat. Food. Yeah. Yeah. So we gotta think about about the what what the colony needs to grow and. Frankly, the oxygen is is a. It's I mean it's one side of like a triangle. Yeah, it's like oxygen, food, and then I'm trying to remember what or figure remember what the bottom one is. Ah, tip tip of the tongue, but yeah, no, it's it's like a triangle. Um, 
oxygen food and then like I don't know what area or sub substrate. Yeah, something like that. Something along those lines. Um, like the area or the ability to grow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because like because he's talking about using anti foam and like where where do we know like where do we know that the majority of the cells are up in the foam? Yep. So yeah, I mean, but so if you use anti foam, it they just won't have the surface tension to build up. So they'll they'll drop down. So that's that's fine. Using the anti foam is is a non issue. Yeah. Um. But I feel like there's just not going to be enough nutrient in, and you can't just add yeast nutrient into it because they need the, the like all of the other other things, like in in the wart. I feel like this is sort of like in a combustion engine where like the 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 correct amount of air needs to be added to the you know the the ga- you know like the combustion mix and if there's too much air then it just doesn't work the same mm-hmm. is that a good analogy yeah hopefully yep yeah so basically you're just you're you're throwing more oxygen which it's not going to hurt anything i i really don't think it'll hurt anything this is a really good question i know i know somebody who would have a really good answer to this question and i'll i'll send it to him and maybe we'll talk about this Again. Again, for the third time, <laughs> Bjorn, you've 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 found a question that has stumped us not once, not twice, but probably three times. Yeah. All right, should we get out of here? Yeah. All right, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Um, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blinderstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blinderstudios. Follow us on Twitter at blinderscoreninja. And if you'd like to like listen to these live and like maybe uh, toss things in the chat or contribute to the conversation, uh, become a patron. And you can listen to uh, all of these live or watch all of these live. You can see how ugly I am. You're a beautiful man, Brian. You're <laughs> yeah. a beautiful, beautiful man. Yes, yes. All yes. right, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.